ever desire to walk more closely with God? That should be the desire of every Christian. Join us today as Pastor Rander looks at a man that the Bible says had a unique walk with God in this message, Enoch, a man who walked with God. He will be teaching from Genesis chapter number 5, verses 22 through 24. Now let's listen in. The same God who judged the world with a universal worldwide flood that where water raised up above the highest mountain, at least 20 feet above the highest mountain, will one day come again and judge this world in righteousness. Acts 17.31a says, because he has appointed a day, that day, when it's coming, I don't know, be ready, on which he, Jesus, will judge the world in righteousness by the man. God is man, God-man, whom he has ordained. Acts 2.38a says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Matthew chapter 24 verses 37 through 39 says, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Some folks think God is not coming back. That's why they're living so crazy. That's why they're living so sinfully. They don't think that God is coming back. But the same God that came as a baby is coming again as God. And he won't be a baby in a manger. He's going to come as the God of all judgment to judge this world in sin, to judge this world in righteousness. He's a coming back savior. And he's going to make all these wrongs right. He's going to make the crooked ways straight and the rough places plain. He's going to come and he's going to set this world right. He's going to judge it in righteousness. Many preachers today are preaching on everything but the gospel of Jesus Christ and righteous living. Many preachers today focus their sermons on love and joy and peace. I preach on love and I preach on joy and I preach on peace, but I'm not going to stop there. Many preachers focus on positive thinking, self-esteem, self-help, and prosperity gospel, which cannot convict of sin and leaves the church spiritually anemic, weak, and sinful. That's why the scripture says in 1 Peter 4, 17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. You know what? Judgment is going to begin right here at God's house because God holds us responsible for promoting righteousness in wicked America. That's right. He's going to judge the church. That's right. But you know why the church can't make an impact in the world? Because so much sin has encroached upon the church. You have everything in the church nowadays. All kind of uh, junk is in the church. The church is so weak that we don't have a voice. We can't stand. We're little wimps. Why Satan and demons and this world system, they're out of the closet and they're bold and they're parading sin and glamorizing it right in our face unashamedly. And yet we've gone into our ho holy huddle. 
We won't even knock on doors in the neighborhood. We won't even hand out an evangelistic tract. We hear all the stuff in the society, and yet we keep our mouths shut because many are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Judgment begins at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will the end be of those who do not obey the gospel of God? My friends, it is imperative that preachers of the gospel preach Christ-centered messages from the Bible. From the Bible. I've been preaching for 35 years. I've never come to the pulpit with no other book but the Bible. This Bible is the only book that transformed life. This, this book is the only book that is the book of life. This book is the only book that can set captive souls free. This book is the only book that is the road map to heaven. And a lot of you reading a lot of books about the Bible, but I submit to you today that you need to go back to the basic. Go back to the Bible. The Bible. The Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. The Bible is the book for me. Why don't you say amen? We need to start preaching. Preaching what? We need to preach on creationism in a day where that damnable doctrine of evolution is being taught. We need to preach on the virgin birth. We need to preach on the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We need to preach on repentance. We need to preach on the new birth. We need to preach on the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to preach on the sufficiency of Christ. We need to preach on the denial, the self-denial, how to deny ourselves. We need to preach on the cross. We need to preach on heaven and not just stay on heaven. We need to preach hell on hell. As a matter of fact, right now I'm preaching the hell out of people. We need to preach on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ brings transformation so that revival can occur. If preachers are not preaching the entire canon of scripture, if preachers are not preaching this book from cover to cover, they ain't preaching. They need to surrender their license, turn them in, and go sit down. We need to preach the whole counsel of God. We need preaching that changed lives from the pulpit because we're living in the most biblically illiterate generation ever. Most children do not know the Bible because their parents don't know the Bible. Most children don't go to church because their parents don't go to church. Most children are fools because their parents are fools. Parents set the example. Rise up, repent, confess your sins today, and be godly before your children so that we can raise up a future godly, righteous generation to the glory of Almighty God. About Enoch, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5b, for before he was taken up, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had, Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God. What a testimony. Enoch's lifestyle pleased God. That's a testimony. Your, your testimony, all of you have testimony, a testimony, but the, the real question is, is it a good testimony or a bad testimony? 
Enoch had a wonderfully good testimony. He had a wonderful lifestyle. He had character, godly character. He had godly reputation. He had godly behavior. He had godly words and deeds. He was, he was honorable before the Lord and gave glory to him. His life was a continual sweet smelling aroma to God. Can that be said of you? Beloved, the goal of life is to live to please and glorify God with your lifestyle, with your testimony, with your words, with your behavior, with what you look at with your eyes, what you listen with your ears, and what you where you walk with your feet. Parents, a bad testimony, if you got a bad testimony, you cannot produce a godly home. You can't live hellish in the house and expect your children to be godly. You can't cuss and be slapping each other and walking around the house not speaking, watching everything under the sun, under the sun on television, going to places you ought not be going, dragging around, acting, acting carnal and worldly and satanic, and then expect to have a godly influence in your home. The next thing I like to say about Enoch, Enoch pleased God with his legacy. Say legacy. Enoch pleased God with his legacy in that he left a wonderful example of what it meant to walk with God. What a spiritual legacy. Now, all of us have a legacy we're going to leave behind. But what kind of legacy will you leave? Everyone has a legacy. Every one of us. Often when we think in terms of legacy, we think in terms of leaving tangible inheritance, such as homes and furniture and heirlooms for relatives. You can leave a house to kids. You can leave a dresser to kids. You can leave your jewelry to kids. You can leave your hairpiece to kids. You can leave your shoes to kids. You can leave your watch to kids. But what does it profit you to leave your kid all that stuff that's passing away and you don't leave them a Christ-centered legacy? What does it profit them to gain the whole world and lose your children lose their soul because you left them passing away junk? Leave a godly legacy to your relatives. However, these things are temporal and they're passing away. The greater legacy is a spiritual legacy that has lasting eternal value to you husbands, to you wives, to you mothers, and to you fathers. What legacy will you leave behind to your children and grandchildren? Will you leave a legacy of a good name? A, a good name? Y'all tell your children, don't mess up my name. A good name? A, a legacy of a good reputation? A legacy of a good character? Are you leaving your children a legacy of holiness? And are you leaving, like Enoch, a legacy that you please God? Like Enoch. What a legacy. I'm leaving a legacy that I please God. Will you leave behind a legacy worth following, which has lasting eternal value? If the truth be told, many of you are leaving the wrong kind of legacy. Some of you, when you die, some 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 of your family folk may say, Whew, I'm glad they gone. My tension just left. 
Thank you, Lord, for some stress relief. Sometimes God has to take a family member so that y'all can just get some stress reduction. Isn't that horrible? Because such a terrible legacy. Because some people leave a legacy of heartache. Every time you think about that person, you think about all the hurt. You think about how you've been injured so deeply. They are gone. They have left this world. But you are still in recovery. Join us on Sunday, July 18th for Youth Emphasis Day. You will be extremely blessed on this special occasion as you witness Maranatha's youth lead and conduct our Maranatha service beginning with Sunday school at 9 a.m., followed by our worship celebration at 10 a.m. Many have left a legacy of broken lives. They have gone on, but the children are all broken up. The family is broken up. Everything is topsy-turvy, up in turmoil. And some of you have, some, some of you and others have left a legacy of betrayal. When you think about a person, and even though they're gone, they, all you think about is the hurt and the betrayal and marriage or whatever. The fact of the matter is there are people around you that you know when they leave, all you can see is a legacy of mess. A legacy of mess. Let me tell you another characteristic of how he pleased God, how Enoch pleased God. Enoch being taken out of this world to heaven without dying validates that there is a life beyond this life. His taken out of, out of this world to heaven without dying validates that there is life beyond this life. John 5, 28, 29 says, do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which you are which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. My friends, when you're dead, you are not done. When you're dead, you don't just exist. All of us will rise again, regardless of color, whether you've been good, bad, wise or foolish. All of us are going to rise again, either to go to heaven to be with Jesus or to hell, which will ultimately one day be cast into the lake of fire. My friend, where will your future home be? Is it heaven or is it hell? Only one of two places that you're going. Number seven, Enoch was faithful to his God until God called him to heaven. Enoch was faithful to his God until God called him to heaven. This can also be seen in the life of Paul. He was faithful until God called him to heaven. Like Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And the closing waning moments of, of Paul's life. It, Revelation 2.10b says, be thou faithful unto death and I will give thee a crown of life. God expects us like Enoch to be faithful until he takes us out of this world to be with him. Now, we transition. What are the benefits? What are the benefits of walking with God? And then we'll conclude this message. What are the benefits of walking with God? You know, walking with God has some tremendous, it has some tremendous benefits. 
So I want to give those to you so that you will be encouraged to walk with God starting today. Number one, what are the benefits of walking with God? Number one, only when we walk with God will his perfect will be revealed in our lives. Only when we walk with God will his perfect will be revealed in our lives. You want to know the will of God? Start walking with the Lord. Only when you walk with God will his perfect will be revealed in our lives. God God is not going to reveal to those his will while you are rebelling against him at the same time. You can't say no to God and expect to know his will. You cannot, you can ill afford not to read your Bible, but yet you want to know the will of God. You, you, you can't not, listen, how can you know the will of God and you don't come to church to hear the word of God? That's right. You can't live like the world and know the will of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Not your understanding, it's God's wisdom. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So start walking with God so that you will know God's perfect will for your life. God has a plan and a purpose, and he don't want it to be a mystery to you. He wants you to know what he wants you to do in this season of your life. Number two, what's the second benefit of walking with God? Walking with God ushers in God's peace. Walking with God ushers in God's peace. In the midst of a godless pagan society, Enoch had the peace of God because he had peace with God. Having God's peace in the midst of this wicked and perverted generation gave Enoch inner tranquility, which is to have an inner quietness of mind. In other words, we ought to be like Enoch. We need an inner inner quietness of mind that comes from resting in God. Inner peace, inner tranquility, inner quietness comes from walking with God. Gospel of John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Some of you in here, you're afraid. You're afraid of some things you're about to encounter. You're afraid of some transition that you're about to go into. Some of you are afraid for your children because you see how they're living. Some of you are afraid for your marriage because you see it slipping downward. Some of you are afraid about, some of you are afraid uh, because you, you, you're suspecting a layoff and what God is saying. Some of you are afraid because something is going wrong in your body, even as I speak, and nobody knows it but you and God. You're scared to say anything about it because you don't want to deal with the reality of what that situation is. But God says, let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. Gospel of John 16, 33 says, these things I have spoken to you that in me, say in me, you may have peace. That's where you have peace. Now you can't be in the television day and night and have peace. You can't be on the, you can't surface the internet and texting a thousand times a day. That's why y'all cuckoo. You over texting. You're going to text your fingers off. You can't be in all of that stuff. You, it didn't say in texting you're going to have peace. It didn't say in alcohol you're going to have peace. It didn't say in drugs, in education. Now you need a good education, but you can be educated and be just as troubled in heart as you can be. The Bible says in me, in me you will have 
peace. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thirdly, genuine revival. Say genuine revival. Genuine revival, which is a spiritual awakening. It is spiritual renewal. It is spiritual restoration can only come through walking with God. And that's what many of us need today. Because some of you are kind of wishy-washy. Some of you got your feet in both camps. You want, a, you want a little of the world and a little of God. Matter of fact, you want a whole lot of the world and a dab of God. And God says what you need today is revival. You need fire coming down and striking a match through the Holy Spirit in your heart. Revival is spiritual awakening, spiritual renewal, and revival is spiritual restoration. The psalmist says in Psalms 85, 6, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? The fourth benefit of walking with the Lord is this. Walking with the Lord will give you a spiritual perspective on the issues of your life, which will result in believers having joy in the midst of troubled times. When you walk with the Lord, the Lord will give you spiritual perspective about what you're going through. He'll give you clarity on where you are in your life. He will make some adjustments and you can adjust accordingly as he dictates simply because you are walking with the Lord. And when you have God's perspective on the issues of your life, be they great or small, listen, you, you won't fall to pieces and you won't run to quack doctors and you won't get on drugs and you won't sit there and medicate yourself to death because you don't have God's perspective on the issues of life. Dr. Field is not going to give you God's perspective. Oprah can't give it to you. The media can't give it to you. And all these other talk shows can't give you God's perspective. Only the word of God gives you the clarity of God's perspective that you, you need. And when you begin to see things from God's point of view, you can take what you're going through better because you have been talking and walking with God. James chapter 1 verse 2 says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. You joy and trials? That doesn't make sense. It does make sense if you have his spiritual perspective, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Number five, another benefit of walking with God, God's divine favor and blessings are upon those who walk with God. God's divine favor and blessings are upon those who walk with God. Uh, Psalms 37, 4 and 5 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Whatever you're going through, whatever challenges you have, realize that God will bring it to pass as you keep on rejoicing in the God of your salvation. Keep on walking with him. Keep on living for him. Keep on serving him. Keep on worshiping him. And you will receive God's divine favor and you will receive God's divine blessings upon your life as you walk with God. The sixth benefit of walking with God is this. Those who walk with God will have his divine protection. Those who walk with God, who live for God, 
who love God, who pursue righteousness, will have God's protection. Psalms 91 verses 1 and 2 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. God will protect you. He will protect you from the enemy. He will protect you from from those who are trying to throw rocks and hide their hands. He will protect you from the schemes and all the diabolical satanic stuff that relatives and co-workers and supervisors and, and people do against you. God will overrule all that stuff and make it work for your good and the glory of Almighty God. Don't expect now, don't expect God's protection while you're rebelling against him at the same time. You can't live like the devil and expect God to protect you. No, no, no. God will allow Satan to whip you. That's right. And if you're his child, he will take you to his divine woodshed and give you a spiritual paddling like you won't believe. Just like he mocked Cain, he knows how to mock you. And you're not too old to be whipped. Don't you get sassy with God. Don't you talk back to God. Don't you pout on God. He's a holy God. God hears everything you say. And everything you don't say. He even knows your thoughts. And he knows how to judge you. And whoop you into righteousness. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.